it is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too it's a thing and now the truth is out there i can tell you about my favorite place to have fun chumba casino they have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week you can play for free anytime anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses so join me in the fun sign up now at chumbacasino.com no purchase necessary btw void were prohibited by law see terms and conditions 18 plus it's time for today's lucky land horoscope with victoria cash Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet. But if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas. Visit cox.com slash internet for details. To a Celtic state of mind, I'm Paul John Dykes. It's a Thursday, so I'm joined by JP Mason. Apologies if there's a wee bit of grainy uh, inconsistency with my picture. An upload is just about to finish and we'll get back to normal. But as long as we can see JP clearly, that's what the fans want. JP Mason, <laughs> how are you uh, doing? Steady uh, <laughs> on. Aye, aye, good. Yeah, I just I nipped out for my breakfast there and bumped into a, a fan of the show. It's always one of those ones where someone turns around and starts looking at you up and down and you're like, oh no, what's this? Is this going to be one of them giving it uh, whatever? Not that they've got much to give 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 out to us at the moment anyway, but uh, oh, music time, or, well, we'll see. Um, 
But a guy, Danny, was just walking with his sister, um, and he said hello, and like, oh, Axel, am I? I was like, yeah. Uh, and I was like, is that okay? And he went, aye, aye, of course, I watch all the time. I was like, oh, thank God for that. Because you're, you're always concerned about the, uh, about, you know, who's who, who it's going to be we're in a divided city after all um, but really nice guy and uh, he's he's met Declan a couple of times um, as well and uh, he was telling me he used to play football himself and played against the late great Tommy Burns in really? 19, 1973 can he remember the cup it was a Glasgow maybe the Glasgow Fairs Youth Cup or something like that um, mm. but I Played, played against Tommy, knew him to say hello to and all that as well, and uh, said Tommy liked a liked a scrap on the pitch. So there you go. I mean, I, I mean, you could always. I mean, the, the, the red hair. The, the, he was he was tenacious, but I think in his his younger days he liked to put it about uh, on the pitch. So that was a that was a, a nice wee nugget to get. And uh, what else did he tell you? He was telling me about some of the players from uh, from these parts, the parts of uh, Mary Hill. Uh, mm-hmm. Jim Duffy and Charlie Nick used to just stay along the road from me, um, which I didn't know. So there you go. Charlie Nick and Jim Duffy. I good friends when they were coming through the ranks at Celtic. As I say, apologies if there's a wee bit grainy on my side. Um, there is an upload happening in this studio and uh, hopefully it will finish soon. There's a comment in here. I'm going to bring it up straight away. Thanks, everybody, for getting involved. We love the comments. Uh, you get to know the names and some of the avatars and some of the faces. Paddy uh, comes in every single day, so welcome back. Paddy Afternoon, PJD and JP. Uh, hello from Plymouth, says Keith Oakden, and I hope you're well down there. Is there any truth, Keith, in the fact that Plymouth Argyle fans came to Dunfermline, went to watch Dunfermline with a banner which said P-A-R-S, Plymouth Argyle Rosyth supporters, and hence the club were christened the Pars. I don't know if that's true. I like it, though. It's a decent story, JP. It's a decent story. We've got loads to talk about. Someone has said, love that top hanging up. It's the one behind you, JP. It is a grower. Definitely is. It does grow on you. I was saying that before we came on. See, when they do the reveals, I love it because it's a bit razzmatazz, it's a bit Hollywood. Back in the day, sometimes jerseys weren't revealed at all. Um, but they do the full hog now, big photo shoots, camera shots, all that kind of stuff. Uh, and I wasn't sure, I've got to say, I was on the fence. I'd seen the, the criticism around the silver. I did the stripes. But when you see it on the park, I mean, you see it hanging up behind you there, it looks so much better, JP. Um is it a grower, or did you love it from the first moment you set your eyes on those green and white hoops? Well, no, because I saw the leaked images before they were, you know, I saw it on like a hanger, I, I don't know, a couple of months ago, it feels like. And I don't, anything that's kind of, I mean, that's why it's released in a kind of Hollywood pizzazz style, uh, is to entice you, is to make it look as good as it can, whether it's on a player or, you know, you know, just how they present it. So if you see something just sort of limply hanging on a hanger in, a, in, in what appears to be some sort of cupboard, mm-hmm. it's never, you know, one angle, you know, it's never going to look as as good as it is when it's in an advert. Uh, so then, yeah, once I saw it uh, on the players and then saw it in person, I, I really like it, yeah. And I think the colour of green as well, it's, I've not seen that colour of green for a while. It kind, I think this is the same, almost the same colour of green as the 2011 home top. Remember the one that had the kind of big collar, um, like a V-neck collar with it. Uh-huh. Yep. Would it been like 
against Lennon's first full season. Um, I think it was that one. So it's the same sort of shade of green. And the green, I know this is getting extremely geeky, but the green of that goes really sits, uh, balances off quite nicely against the, the green of the pitch. And I know that sounds mental, but just being at the game on uh, Sunday, uh, I just I saw it in a in a different light, and I think it looks really good. Uh, listen, Thursday's all about geekery. We talk about music. We talk about the the shade of green on that Celtic jersey. The one you're talking about. Which player reminds you uh, of that jersey? Because I'm going to say something like Thomas Ronya or oh, Mulgrew. Uh, he looked good in in most jerseys. To be fair, <laughs> uh, I was up at the park. Must have been. Um, oh, you know, the second time this season I've been at Celtic Park, JP, people are, are having fits How over dare it. you? How, I know, how very dare I? And uh, I was talking to somebody up there, uh, I was talking about kits actually, and I says to them, you know, it, it can't be that difficult when you've got guys like Matt O'Reilly and, and Jota in, that, in the building, you try to launch something, they could sell just about anything. Eh? Um, however, we did have a wee chat about the third kit, which I think is going to be released Thursday of next week. Um, it's obviously been revealed. Quick one, GP, because we love a wee chat about the jerseys. The music's coming up later on, ladies and gents. Uh, what's your thoughts on that third jersey? Because I've got to say, I'm on the fence with it. Oh, really? Not, not mm. into it? I think we could be a bit riskier. I think we could be um, quite, you know, I, I don't know, cutting edge when it comes to the third jersey. I've made a suggestion before, which I don't think the club will ever take on whereby we have the blackout kit. So you can have different styles, but obviously everything's black on it. And we do it in conjunction with the former players so that all the sales go to the former players' association to help the widows and the families, those that have passed away, which is relevant this week again with the untimely passing of the big John Yogi Hughes, who we'll talk about during the show. We've not had a chance to talk about him yet, JP. But um, that was my big thing. I think it should always be blacked out. We don't need to wear the black armbands as a mark of respect. The day after or the game after, uh, one of the Celtic family or community passes away we wear the black away kit in memory of that player every season the, the, the kit can change but it's always black and the money goes to the, the widows and the families of those who have passed You know, via the, the former players that's my big idea I don't think the, the club would take it on and then I'm thinking well look at the, the people and you know this probably comes into the banners and the signage around the stadium as well JP look at the people who support this club who are creative artistic you know, there's so many of them, both famous and not famous. I mean, one of the, the finest Scottish artists is Jim Lambie, um, who is a big pal, uh, certainly in the early days with Bobby Gillespie, Primal Scream, done a lot of the flyers. Um, the Poetry Club in Glasgow, there's a lot of his artwork down there, JP. Um, mm-hmm. And I was in a dance school, don't ask me why, certainly wasn't he dancing, and the floor was done by Jim Lambie, and it's just brilliant. It's almost like, the you know, the stripes... And you think, why not just go to one of these designers and say designers are top? And I just think it would be more interest. It just seems like off the rack, this silver and lime effort. I mean, it looks like it's been made to, you know, it looks like one of these ones that's, that's the, 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 the colour, if it looks like it would be glow in the dark, you know, if it, yeah, do you know what I mean? It's like it's, it's like that, that kind of material or that colour that looks like it would be reflective in the dark. Do you know, I guess it's. Uh, what you're saying about getting collaborations, you know, you see the, um, you see the likes of, I hate to mention them, but Manchester City did a collaboration with, um, I think it was, uh, with, like, it wasn't a collaboration as such, but they used, they used the inspiration of the of Factory Records and uh, Hacienda for a talk. You know, there's plenty of things in Glasgow that Celtic could could do to, you know, mix with a talk, but 
as as you see with people's comments and hear about music or anything like that, if you start mixing music and football, then uh, people get a bit irate. So m- maybe that wouldn't be a good idea if you were trying to sell it to the masses. But I don't know. I, I the, the the thing where it's what is it the the geo the geometric or the geographic uh, outline of Celtic is in the is in the mm. sleeve that. You'd be, happy, you'd be happy <laughs> to figure that one out yourself if they hadn't told you. It's um, a bit tenuous, eh? I mean, there's all the all the iconic images uh, and visuals that you've got in Celtic's history, and we go with the probably the ugliest part of the park. Oh, we'll stick that on the jersey. That'll work. Um, the, the, the black kit, if you remember the Germany kit from a few years ago that was kind of all black, that was really smart. So you could imagine that because it was Adidas as well. So you could have the Adidas like replication of that. Um, but a Celtic top, I think that would be smart. But it's just, uh, I think, I think all three tops are an improvement on 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 last year's. I think that mobile phone companies say they offer home internet, but if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know it's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com slash internet for details. The white one last year wasn't the greatest. I, I didn't get it. It was the first time I've not got a Celtic top in quite some time. Um, I really like the black one this year, the black away one. That's the mm. replication of the 94 Um 94 one, um, I like that a lot and does seem to be really popular I've seen loads about Glasgow, loads of people wearing that, so that's obviously if you take that as a sample size it's obviously sold well um, so that's the whole point isn't it to, to, to sell to sell top because you didn't want to end up with boxes full of pink ones like a few seasons ago <laughs> 15,000 15, in the cellar. Um, yeah. Apparently, the away one you're talking about, sorry lads and lassies, it's 10 minutes in, JP. This is football, we're talking about Celtic, Celtic. jerseys. Yeah. Of course. Um, apparently the away jersey is the best-selling jersey of modern times, and that, that has only been out for a, a number of weeks, and that's what I was getting told. Wow. Don't, I may be giving away trade secrets here, but there you go. No, oh, it's a belter. Paul Cockwell, welcome back, my friend. Haven't seen you on the comments for a while, although my site is pretty bad. So if you've been on there, apologies. And uh, Paul Diet, thank you for bringing up this tracksuit because it leads me on to my next uh, section. Look at that. Look at that. Somebody actually gifted that to Axon. That is a league winner's medal, JP. And I know that you get two now. You get one from the sponsors, which is obviously this one from Cinch, and you get the probably the wee one from the league. But look at that. That's been gifted to us. That's an absolute cracker. And uh, obviously it is on the mannequin, which houses the merchandise of a Celtic state of mind, the Shamrock Top. And if you want to buy that, there's a link underneath the video. There you go. There's the, there is the uh, shameful, shameful link into selling some merchandise on the show. Uh, we've got loads and loads to talk about, JP. Absolutely loads to talk about. First up, um, how do you enjoy the game at the weekend on Sunday? I... Really did enjoy it. I, I was strange sitting in a different seat. Uh, obviously, after my season ticket debacle, um, <laughs> not not been able to actually secure my season ticket seat for Blackburn, Norwich, and Aberdeen. So I was uh, moved over to the to the main stand. I was sitting next to a really uh, lovely woman called Alexis. Had some chat with her. 
um, and she'd been sitting there for a number of years. Um, so it was nice to, to meet her and uh, actually saw my mate Nodge, who um, is good pals with Arab Strap and, and Mogwai guys. He was sitting, I didn't realise where his season ticket seat was. He was sitting about, I don't know, maybe 20 rows back back to the right of me. Um, really good seat he's got. Um, and obviously great to see the TIFO as well. I got the best view I could have got of the TIFO because I was in, you know, the main stand and you saw the whole the whole of Celtic Park. And sometimes you forget about the Celtic Football Club logo that's above the north stand because I'm, I'm underneath it, so I don't see it. So when you're on the other side and you see the full vista of Celtic Park, it was um, it was quite something. And the, the TIFO display was... I, I, saw, I saw, you know, some, some criticism of it from... Uh, from the blue quarter, uh, and uh, I can only imagine they were doing it for you know clickbait or baiting baiting people to try and you know jump on top of their comments because how anybody could criticise that as a display, I have no idea. It was mint, absolutely mint. Um, you know the the shading on the trophy, you know on the on in the in the Lisbon line stand, the ribbons coming down first. Oh yeah, yeah. The ribbons was like. That's going to be a trophy there. That's amazing. That's absolutely amazing. And then, yeah, and then the Celtic crest in the middle and, and the, the league flag, 21-22 on the left. You know, it, it was just stunning, you know. And I really like the fact that I'm a quite a eco-friendly type person and I like the fact that they asked people to leave the foil or the or the plastic in, in their seat rather than take it away because they were going to reuse it. So right. like that, I like that as well. So... It, it ticked every box, and I'm sure Celtic will be delighted at the at the images that they'll have got from it because some of the shots, the, like I mean, I took a couple of you know one-handed rubbish shots while I'm holding the plastic, like taking a picture or whatever, you know, squint camera and everything. But some of the professional shots that I've seen, like that guy Harji, you seen that guy Harji? takes photos at Celtic. Some oh, of the pictures he's got, I mean, they're immediate like canvas prints. You know, they'll sell them. By the bucket load, um, bedroom, so yeah. bedroom wall murals. JP, oh, seen them getting done yeah, on the I mean, bedroom walls. May not be mine, but uh, <laughs> um, but I, I certainly think you know there'll be people who have many rooms in their house and they'll have like a games room or something like that, and it would look nice, you know, alongside a, a pool table if you're lucky to have one of those things. <laughs> a lot of people have these. Uh, a lot of people have these kind of bar shed things in their garden there are and loads of them now eh? is that because people are, are just they're being kind of squeezed so much in relation to you know the cost of going out and the cost of alcohol that people have just thought you know what I'm going to sit in the back garden and just do it myself get a few mates because there's so many of them now GP I remember I, when if somebody had something like that in the back garden it was quite unique Mm. And I'm not slagging them off. I think great. Aye. Get the get your mates and get the tunes on and have a few shandies and uh, enjoy the game. But um, they they are pretty prevalent now, aren't they? Aye, well, I think lockdown probably had a lot to do with that as well. You know, they definitely mm-hmm. would have sprung up a lot more in lockdown. My friend Michael in, in Livingston has got one, and it's uh, he sent me pictures of it. I, re- I really want to go through and uh, just <laughs> have a few beers with him and play play in his pool table because it looks. He's got signed strips and frames all round, you know, like retro retro strips and frames. He's got, uh, you know, a, a a beer pump. He's got every sort of spirits going, and uh, yeah, it looks. I mean, it looks better than some pubs that you go into. Do you know what I mean? Like, and it's in his back garden. So, aye. So the, the game, the game itself, 
you know, I'm sure it's been well covered and it has been, but I, I thought we played well. I thought Aberdeen weren't as bad as they maybe were going to be expected to be. Obviously, it's still a new uh, thing, a new project for them with a lot of new players, much like it was for us at the start of last season. So I think probably better to assess Aberdeen after three or four months, much like it was better to assess us after three or four months last year. Um, and yeah, we, we you know we got an early goal, which is always a always a, a good thing to settle the nerves a bit. If there was anybody nervous, I, I wasn't nervous. I didn't think that we were. I said on the show last week that if we turned up, we would win, and we did turn up. And then Jota with that goal, I mean, that was just a, a showstopper. And I was it was right in line with me because it was obviously into the Jockstein, and I was at that side of the main stand, so it was right in front of me and. You could hear like a collective gasp as it, as the shot went in because everybody was just like, "Wow, that was a special moment um, from I think a special player, a very um, special player." Yeah, definitely. A couple of things you've said there actually. You're talking about the tifo, right? And we were just going on about sometimes a a lack of creativity or or. Um, original idea when it comes to maybe the third jersey, which I think is the one where if you're going to experiment, JP, that's the jersey to experiment on, right? Um, and then you look at what the Green Brigade and everybody involved in that TIFO have achieved with that installation, which, as you say, will be photographed and used and uh, be on DVD compilations and video footage for, for years and years to come. It'll end up on people's walls, which got us onto the subject of uh, uh, man caves. And by the way, let's be honest, the studio is just a big, massive man cave. Everybody <laughs> comes in here. Yeah, uh, I've been through a few times <laughs> now, and uh, it gets more and more man cave the more you get to it. But I mean, that, that it's like a, a cross between a man cave and a, a museum. And that that's, you know, right up my street. Oh, and there's, as I say, kind people give us things as well which is tremendous and um, the other thing I was going to say in the main stand did you quite enjoy the view because it's a different angle from anywhere else in the stadium JP it's not as steep is it and you feel that a wee bit closer to the park for some strange reason when you're in the main stand you do I, and, and, and also when you go in as well it's it's as Celtic Park was isn't it it's, mm-hmm. it's unchanged mm-hmm. like nothing about that so it's it, it feels a lot smaller and just everything like corridor like the stair stairways are a lot tighter and this i don't know if ceiling feels a bit lower when you're inside and actually just brought back memories of some early games that i went to in the in the very early 90s with my pal greeny and his big sister and you know i remember we were in that stand for quite a lot of the games i don't know i don't think there was season i don't think there was season tickets i think it was just we just got tickets through the bathgate the bathgate uh Shamrock, I think, as it was, um, maybe still it is, still is, and uh, yeah, we used to we used to sit in there. And I remember being at Stuart Slater's uh, debut on a Wednesday night and being in the main stand, and uh, yeah, really, really close to the pitch. Kind of feels a bit more kind of, I don't know, like Tyne Castle or something like that. It's just it's, it's it's old school. It's a completely different experience than my normal seat, anyway. And then I then I find out from Sean that sits behind me that nobody was even in my seat. So Celtic had said that they'd they'd sold my seat on, and yet it lay empty for the game. Now, obviously, it could have just been chance that somebody bought the ticket and then didn't mm. go, mm-hmm. or did go and sat with a mate or something like that. But yeah, it seemed a bit strange and felt a bit sad that my seat was sitting empty for for such a such, such a big game, you know. 
I know, absolutely. And um, we have spoken a wee bit about kind of fashion and uh, kit design already. So let's move on to the football itself. You've mentioned a couple of the performances, or at least Jota, who you were who you were um, impressed by. What I was also impressed by JP was the strength of the bench. And I think if you compare where we are just now, because we're talking about how Antipostokoglu has galvanised the entire football club. That was a conversation that I had on Tuesday as well when I was up at the park. How one man can have such a, an impression on every area of the football club. You know, so, yeah, he's managing the football side of things. But, um, you know, what was explained to me is somebody who is on the kind of, like, outskirts of that side of things, doing a different job within the club, is still impacted with this positivity and this momentum that has been implemented by Ange Postacoglu. And, uh, you know, that cannot be underestimated because we've been speaking for long enough about the implementation of a culture at Celtic and how the culture wasn't good enough you know, maybe in the final season under Neil Lennon. And he's managed to do that um, in a very, very short space of time. But he's also not just managed to get the, the the team on the park better, but the squad. And I think you saw that with the strength of the bench. Um, yeah, it was one nothing, And I think maybe he mentioned it himself, 10 minutes to go before half time, Aberdeen start coming into it. But I'm looking at the bench at that point, JP, and thinking even if they did come into it, even if G- Johnny Hayes did score that chance, I think we've got enough on that bench to change the game put it up a couple of gears I mean how important is that going to be this season yeah well massively I think that I was texting my pal uh, James about this who's a big Aberdeen fan and he said that the, the three subs that we brought on are, are worth more than the entire Aberdeen squad probably so that shows you the kind of disparity a lot of people go on about the disparity between Celtic and you know and Rangers and, and the rest of the league I mean well certainly with with regards to us, is self-sustained. I mm-hmm. we don't spend what we can't afford on players. We don't go out and you know spend twenty million on players or anything like that because that's just not within our financial uh, budget or model. But you know, having the five subs is a massive advantage, particularly as well now that we've actually got a really good squad where you're looking around and going right. There's there is probably a couple of guys for every position. So then you can replace that quality um, and you know, you're bringing on sort of Turnbull and uh, Jack and Marcus as, uh, you know, to, to affect the game at a point where, you know, Aberdeen, I wouldn't I mean, say Aberdeen were tired, but it just gives them a different, uh, a different obstacle to come up against. And, you know, Jack and Marcus on another day gets, gets a goal probably. Mm-hmm. Um you know, I think there's there's no doubt about it. He, he should have scored, um, but that'll come. He's it's, it's early on in the season. Um, you know, there, there's but there is there's plenty of competition there, and uh, you know sometimes you wonder how he's going to keep all these people happy um, because people you know you hear the James McCarthy patter. You know whether or not that's come from him or if it's just paper talk or what. But you would imagine that James McCarthy. It is probably thinking, how am I going to get into this team? You know, yeah. the midfield is so strong, um, and you know, the the they've all they've all got, I think, another level to get to, which is the scary thing as well. I, I, you know, I don't think we've seen the best of Hatate yet. <laughs> you know, and I, I don't think we've seen the best of O'Reilly yet, and everyone's raving about the two of them, mm-hmm. and I think they've got another level within them. You know, and when they get their confidence up even more so, you know, O'Reilly gets a couple more goals in his in his um 
under his belt or whatever, you know, that that can really fire somebody on. And then, <laughs> as the strap line says, we've got Europe to come as well. So that could boost their confidence even further. Obviously, I'm very aware that, you know, we're, we're entering into territory where we're going to be going up against far, far superior teams to us. But we've done that before and we've got results. So there's, there's no reason to say that we couldn't do that again. No, and by the way, by bringing up the European aspirations uh, on the on the uh, strapline there, JP, I'm not taking my off, off the domestic game. Absolutely not. I mean, I think Ross County is going to be a tough game on Saturday. Um, yeah. And going into the Aberdeen game, I knew that they were going to be uh, in better shape, I'm going to say, than, than last season um, under Stephen Glass anyway. Because I think that Jimmy Goodwin is one of these managers who will come in and, and get organised, get the team organised and they'll play yeah. the system. And uh, yeah, they lost a couple of very, very important players in the summer and I didn't think they would have enough to beat us but I knew it wasn't going to be a pushover and the Johnny Hayes moment proved that you know it could have gone um, but as I say I still think we had enough on the bench now the Urban culture this year is about consolidation uh, next year we have a go we'd be happy with one win and two draws and I think that you know you do set yourself up a wee bit when you start talking about Europe and um, I, I said last week when I was talking about it that one thing about Ange is he's a he's a very very quick learner. That's one thing we've got to take from him coming in. Uh, did he make a few errors in the first few months? Probably admit himself that he did, but there was a few bad results. And then when we go into Europe, there's a few few bad performances. But often what he was doing was was actually um, sorting them by the time we played the team again. And the example I used was Bayer Leverkusen. If you compare the two games, home and away within two months of each other, he learns and then he implements it. And I think like the urban culture says. In Europe this season, uh, you know, if if we don't progress in the Champions League anyway, but we see enough in terms of improvement of performance, JP, because again, we're going to be up against some top quality sides then, I think, then we'll look ahead to next season. Um, and we won't have too much disappointment. It's always disappointing if we get beat from anyone. I mean, you're going to ask me about a friendly, and i am still not got the answer for you, by the way. But even in friendly games, when we're looking at them, you want to win. You never ever want to lose a game. Um, JR, he's angized the club and the club is better for it. I, I know exactly what you mean. He's implemented his own culture, isn't he? Um, and then here we go, Kevin Graham. No surprise that he's met Declan. <laughs> Going back to the chap you were talking about earlier. And I don't know if Declan's got one of the, the murals of Celtic Park in his bedroom, but you never know. He could well have a mural in there. I'll ask him. John Bosas is... Uh, and a very hot France watching the show. Brilliant. If it's up on the big screen, apologies if I'm pixelating a wee bit. Some folk might... I've, heard of, I've heard of Carcassonne. I don't know where about in France it is, but I've definitely heard of it. Let us know, Paul. Uh, let us know, I'm John. Sorry. I'm so jealous. Imagine sunning yourself in France right now. That's, that's, uh, that's the dream. Mate. In about an hour's time, I'm going to be in Dalkeith High Street. I mean, it's all <laughs> levels. It's just levels, right? Um, the urban culture comes in, and if you know, if there is a cause and that we believe in, then we will certainly use the platform to highlight it. And what you're talking about there, the urban culture, is uh, Noah Donahue. If you've uh, been following the story and the, the cover-up uh, of the uh, disappearance and ultimate death of young Noah. Have a look if you haven't. There's some tremendous videos on YouTube as well. Um, read as much as you possibly can. There's now a petition um, in relation to uh, revealing all available information um, because, obviously, it was never a suicide, which uh, they've tried to write it off as. Um, and they need to give a bit of justice to the family who will not give up. So, yeah, read up on it, watch the videos, and if there's anything we can do, 
to um, obviously highlight it. We certainly will as well. Now, one performance that was very interesting, and I know that players like Jota are going to get plaudits, um, JP, but I'm going to bring up Stephen Welsh, the scorer of the opening goal. Uh, a couple of things. I said the other day there, or I asked the question when I was speaking to Amy on Monday, is this his Tony Ralston season? And Amy quite rightly pointed out that he was far more in the mix than what Tony Ralston was when he came in to the side this time last year. But I think what I meant was a player who's come through the ranks who really does establish himself as that first-team player. Is he going to be that? And also, when you look at that performance at the weekend, the fact that he seems to be the second choice um, for Ange over Chris Julian, over even Murray's gents who's come in, is it the end for Chris Julian? Does this spell the end for Chris Julian, the fact that Welsh is the first pick and, of course, we've brought in another defender. Yeah, probably. I mean, the the end was the end for Chris, Christopher Julian, not necessarily a kind of like doom and gloom end, but like the end was the fact that he was being allowed to leave, go to Schalke, incidentally, mm-hmm. where Jordan Larson's apparently going to be signing today, um, according to Fabrizio Romano, anyway. Um, so, yeah, I mean, like, that, that whole episode, as soon as you know a player's been allowed to leave, you kind of know that their, their card's marked. And there was a lot of clamour, you know, a lot of people saying that Maurice Jens should just come in on Sunday on, and start alongside Carter Vickers after a, what, 15, 20-minute cameo against Norwich? You know, just because he came on and looked all right. You know, I, I just think that's... I, I I really don't get this sort of not disrespect towards Welsh, but you know, it's why 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 would you just why would you just cast that guy to the side and put in a guy that's barely you know earned his stripes so to speak? You know, he hasn't earned his stripes. Welsh has. Welsh has been kind of in the trenches, you know. And Ange Postecoglou obviously trusts him, didn't want to sell him to Toulouse or Udinese. You know, his rebuffed offers that have come in for him, so he's clearly part of the part of the the plans. And then, yeah, to to score that goal, you know, we don't expect centre halves to score goals or anything like that. That's not really their job. But what a what a boost for him to score that goal and really make him feel part of part of the the first team. You know, and when you contribute a goal like that on such a big day, it's it's remembered as well. And hopefully that's maybe change people's minds. There's, there's still a lot of people that you see going, you know, I saw a comment, a reply back to when in Toulouse were linked with him again recently and a guy replied and went, um, I'll drive him to I'll drive him to France myself or something like that. And you're like, where does that come from? Where does that... Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet, but if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox Internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home Internet. Cox is the real home Internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com internet for details. This week on The Marketer's Report, Patrizio Spagnoletto, Global Chief Marketing Officer, Direct-to-Consumer for Warner Brothers Discovery, weighs in on building trust. 
Trust is a really hard thing to build and a really easy thing to destroy. And we have to be very respectful about that. Our partnership with iHeart has really helped us build that trust and that relationship with the on-air talent. As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the data you need to grow. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. Where snide and nastiness come from? You know, you're a Celtic fan and you're, you're publicly talking about a player, a young boy, <laughs> you're probably talking about him like that, you know. So I hope that that goal on, on Sunday is, um, has changed maybe a few people's minds. Do I think Stephen Welsh is a long-term Celtic great? I don't know, but I'm, I'm prepared at this moment in time to give him the chance to become one rather than just go, nah, not good enough. Because people were said that about Callum McGregor. Loads mm-hmm. of folk mm-hmm. were quite happy, would have been quite happy for McGregor to exit stage left and leave Celtic and who knows how his career would have gone elsewhere without the the support of of the fans and, and, and the club um, might not have gone as well as, as, it, as it has done um, I think you just need to give people a chance and and, and Stephen Welsh has certainly deserved that uh, deserved the, the right to, to be given a chance I think I think so and um I mean, you look at some of the other homegrown players in the squad, JP, that are uh, making up that first 15, 16 players. You've got James A. Forrest, who I think he came in in a bit of a blaze of glory as a 17-year-old um, and then has since had stick. I think Callum McGregor, when he came in under Ronnie Dyle, he was 21 years of age and people were maybe looking at that and thinking, why is he not broke through before now? And I do remember him getting a bit of stick and his, and his form dipped a fair bit. He was a different player back then. Uh, Ralston, you know the stick he got Mikey Johnson, massive amounts and, and Welsh seems to get a bit so I don't know if it's because they're unfashionable or um, it's that familiarity thing because they've been at the club and they've come through the ranks and um, you know there's a bit of contempt here I don't know but I think based on the performances he's got the jersey at this moment in time at some point in this season Starfield will be back in Gents will get games but I do think that it spells the end for Julian and there's a few others that I'm sure will come into the conversation as well Frank Kenny does, doesn't think Frank Kennedy rather doesn't think that Ange will achieve anything in the Champions League as we have the same players as last season we haven't strengthened for the Champions League and I think that if you were to look at certainly the early European performances last year we weren't in a fit state Um, you know Ange had come in but I mean you you look at the Michelin games and and the way that you had to put the team together and play beat on at centre half and you know by the time we're going away from home we're playing Dane Murray at 18 years of age playing at centre half and by the way we still took them through to extra time and almost scraped through the tie probably didn't deserve to um, the red card in the first game Barkas's mistake the whole thing everybody remembers it but I, I think we are better equipped this time round even though the personnel hasn't changed a great deal you look at the starting lineup against Aberdeen JP if you take out the two loanees who became permanent signings no new players um, however a far better structured side than we were this time last season. Do you agree with Frank? No. <laughs> Sorry, Frank. I don't. I think we have strengthened. I think time has strengthened the team rather than signings. Um, would we have been able to go to Ibrox back in September last year and come away with a, a 2-1 win? Probably not. They beat us 1-0 in September. So, um, you know, we, 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 we obviously gave a a good, a, a reasonable account of ourselves in that game, and it could have gone either way. But ultimately, they won the three points. We did go there with a stronger team, 
in uh, Feb, uh, sorry, in April. Was it April? Aye. And, and beat them at Ibrox then. And we also absolutely thumped them 3 0 at Celtic Park um, mm. uh, in February because the team was stronger. So the argument that we've not gone out and spent millions to, you know, uh, so supposedly strengthen the team doesn't really wash for me. You know, it's the same argument you get from people saying, oh, well, you just signed Jota and Carter Vickers and you've stood still because, you know, you've just retained the same players that you did last year. I mean, in, in what world is that not strengthening a side by by keeping players to allow them to develop and get better? So we went into that European campaign last year. I mean, I, I, I still found it thrilling that we went to Germany and took the lead and we were, we were given... We were given a you know, a really good uh, go at them, having a really good go at them, at a point where we were not in any way a steady side. No one no one really knew how good a lot of those players were going to become over the over the course of the over the course of the year. So they were they were probably we were punching above our weight at that point massively. And um, we still will be punching above our weight if we do anything in the Champions League. And I'm not saying that we're going to do anything but I think we're I think we're a stronger team now um, to take up to take on those those challenges. And just back to Welsh, he couldn't have a better per- person to a player to play beside than Carter Vickers because mm-hmm. I thought he was absolutely immense on Sunday. Um, not that he had to be because he didn't really face a stiff test, but you you saw the confidence and the strength of that guy that you know he's willing to mix it with. The best and um, and will I think will mix it with the best. Um, his last ditch tackle um, to I think was it on Hayes again um, towards the end of the game. There was a last ditch tackle anyway. I though. remember I remember it because he actually had a word with Welsh afterwards because Welsh yeah. was slightly out of position. Yep. Yeah. Well, I mean, he, he he's now you now see him as a, as a Celtic player because he is he's no longer a lone player and he's got that kind of assured. It kind of looks, you know, beyond his years. Uh, Carter Vickers, he doesn't, he doesn't strike me as being a young guy. I mean, what is he, 23, 24? Carter Vickers, I'll check that actually because I think um, sometimes it's deceptive where it comes to a player like Carter Vickers. You think he's that, that wee bit older, don't you? Because he's come in and played with such a cool head. Um, yeah. But I'm, I'll, I'll check that because if, if that is the case, then he's not far off the ages. Um, Stephen Welsh who's 22 mm-hmm. um, Carter Vickers is 24 right. um, so th- there's not a massive gap between the two players yet you look upon Carter Vickers as being almost the old head between the two don't you? Yeah definitely yeah and I, 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 I yeah just going back to going back to Europe I mean it, it's just really exciting that we're that we're there and we don't have these banana skin qualifiers to, to negotiate uh, you know we've been mercilessly slagged over the last however many years or how many times have you made the Champions League you know like oh, who, look at you getting beat off this mob and that mob and you know uh, you, you know I know it's not Champions League but getting slagged for the Bodo Glimp games last last season and everything else like oh you never heard of them that's a character from Lord of the Rings or that we've, we've seen this week how difficult Champions League qualifiers are and that's potentially two for two uh, Champions League qualifiers that Rangers have not been able to negotiate Malmo last year and Union Saint Galois this year. So yeah, it's difficult to get into the Champions League. Who'd have thought that trying to get to a competition where you can earn 
millions of pounds would be difficult. You know, it's you know we, we've we've just not been at it and never been in the right state to get there in in previous years, and we've always been in a bit of flux and disarray with personnel mm-hmm. um, when it's come to those qualifiers, and they come so early in the season that you know you're. You're maybe not ready for for for, for games as, as big as that at this point in the season. Um, obviously, the Belgians were, um, but but you know um, we we've we've seen that that film many times. So it's, it seems almost ridiculous that we should be ridiculed by them for for <laughs> for something that is now you know fallen into their um, world as well, and it's. It's not nice, is it? It's not nice getting beaten Champions League qualifiers when we've all been there, Maribor and God, Malmo. There's been a, a, a litany of, of teams have, have done it to us. A litany of failures. And you think of some of them, like last season, you think of the Michelin one and you go, well, you probably wouldn't expect, under all the circumstances taken into account, you wouldn't have expected Ange to wave the magic wand and get us through that. And he didn't. It was just too soon for him, right? But we're in such a better place now with regards to the structure being in place, the personnel's in place the players know each other uh, the galvanisation of last season's success think back to even um, AK Athens when Boyata refuses to play and and the upheaval of that you know know, and you're looking at the squad thinking we could have done something but it's unsettled when a player's attitude is such that he doesn't even want to play Um, and uh, we're in a position now where I think, yeah, the personnel hasn't changed dramatically since the end of last season, certainly, but it has since the beginning of the last season, and I think we're in a much better... It's going to be hard anyway, JP, but we're in a much better position um, than we were last year. Robert saw JP at a gig and called him PJ by accident. Sorry, man. Uh, <laughs> it happens, though, JP. It happens more often than you could possibly imagine, and I don't mind it, to be fair. I don't mind getting called JP because... Uh, we have, as I've said before, been called a lot worse. Yeah. Keith Oakden, uh, talking about the pars, a bloke at the work who's an Argyle fan told me that story a few years ago about the pars, so I reckon there's some truth in it. So the, the, the story goes that obviously you've got Rosive Royal Dockyard, you've got Plymouth, which is a, 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 a... I've never been to Plymouth, so apologies, Keith. But you've got yeah. Plymouth, which has a dockyard, and um, obviously there are people who have made the uh, transition from Plymouth to Rosive over the years, either just to work, or even just, you know, they come up here, they meet a, a, a lady and they stay. Uh, so there's a lot of accents within the Rosyth area as a result of that. And a group of Plymouth Argyle fans went to watch the PARS and they wrote on a big banner, P-A-R-S, Plymouth Argyle Rosyth supporters. It was all through the dockyard. And we reckon that's where they got the um, the nickname. PARS fans tell me it's a lot of nonsense and that it's just because they've got parallel stripes on their jersey. I prefer the Plymouth Argyle uh, story. It's a wee bit more of a romantic story, JP. Um, what did you make of Angie's comments after the game? He wasn't happy with the overall performance, was he? I, I think it was was probably fair. I mean, I don't think we reached the heights that he probably has aspirations to get to. Um, and definitely, I think we, we, we could have been a bit more clinical um, in, which, in which Katie's got every right to, to sort of criticise uh, and he is the manager after all, so he can he can say those things. Um fans and whatnot um seem to get uh taken down a peg or two if they say something against the team or, or whatever. But um no, nah, he was um he was he was he was honest in his appraisal of the game. Um 
and you know Jota obviously scored the scored the goal, but maybe was a bit wasteful with other with other chances. Uh, I do remember him trying an overhead kick from about twenty yards or so, um, which obviously would have been tremendous if he'd uh, if he'd uh, connected with it properly. But um, and you know there was a Jack and Marcus chance, and uh, there's, there's probably a, a number of others that I'm that I'm forgetting. Um, I haven't watched the game back or even seen the highlights. I'm just going by by memory. Um, but you know it just it keeps them on their toes and lets them know that the standards expected of them are are such that you know we've, we've made the we've made the, uh, the the we don't stop mantra um quite a prominent um theme throughout mm-hmm. the club so you can't you've got to practice what you preach you can't you can't really sort of take the foot off the gas um regardless if you've got a, a goal early on or whatever you know it's 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 all about you know pushing ahead and, and gaining every single inch that we can uh, an early part in the season to to really you know buy us buy us points um, because every, everything will matter I mean Rangers go down 1-0 at, at Livingston and come back and get get the win whether it was a pretty win or not uh, they still got the three points and I've got a feeling it's going to be quite quite tight regardless of what happened with them the other night in Europe I don't really think that impacts on on the league I think they've got a, a decent enough squad that will be able to take care of most teams in the league um, mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. it's it's going to be tight I'm, I'm sure it will be so we need to be making sure we are at it in every single game Well it's a good point that JP because if you look at last season and somebody says what is the gap well you can look at the February game 3-0 at Celtic Park where you know, on that particular evening, the gap looked massive. It looked mm. extremely wide, and it looked as though Celtic were far superior. But over the season, the gap's four points. That is as simple as that. So I, I'm not coming into this season thinking we are miles ahead of um, our main he challengers. Isn't the Scottish Cup? Drew is at Celtic Park. You know, take those games in isolation. They're closer to us than maybe we would have liked. Um, the the big thing this preseason, I guess, is that they've lost a couple of important players. We haven't. And I think mm. that's vital. It's vital because of our own aspirations. And I keep banging on about it. The Champions League music hasn't been heard at Celtic Park for five years. But in those five years, we've always sold an asset, at least one, sometimes more. Last season, it was three. So I think that that's key. But it is going to be a challenge. And you're right. Most of these games, you know, they are going to grind out results. They are going to beat most of the other teams in the uh, in the league throughout the season as well. Gary Oliver, the third kit is excellent, says Gary. Um, however, Michael Riley reckons that it just looks like a jersey turned inside out. I get that. I, get that. <laughs> I, I do as well, particularly with the badge, because the badge looks as though it's the like the inverse or the reverse of the, the stitching. Uh, but that seems to be a thing nowadays. I'm old-fashioned in that I think the badge should be full colour at all times. Or you could just whack on a massive big shamrock like that. Good afternoon, Axom, says Monty, and a good afternoon to you as well. These things are always going to divide opinion, aren't they? They are always going to divide opinion. Um, the Japanese kit should be our third one. I'm pretty sure that um, the marketing people would would uh, think that's a good idea as well. I'm sure that would sell well. There's loads to discuss before we get into the teaser that you've got, and I'm still thinking about it, JP, because you asked me before we came on live. Uh, what's your thoughts about the chairman stepping down, Peter Lowell coming in? We used a wee analogy, a, a Kevin Grahamism during the week, whereby it's not quite dirty then going back to Albert Square. <laughs> 
Um, if it was a return, a soap opera return, is it more Bobby Ewing um, turning up in the shower on Dallas? Or is it a bit of the Dirty Den coming back to haunt Albert Square? Where are you with Peter Lowell coming back to the club? It's, I think it's more, and I'll give you a really niche one, it's more uh, Harold Bishop coming back from the dead. <laughs> After falling off the cliff. <laughs> Remember he, oh, he ended, JP, I'd he, forgotten he, about that. He ended up... He ended, <laughs> he's wow. A, he's 100% Harold Bishop. We Penfold came Bishop, back for the dead. Yeah, wow. he, fell off, he fell off a cliff or something like that, but then he was picked up at sea and ended up working for the Samaritans or something This like is that. genius. You have brought it back to Australia. You brought it back to Ange. That was a genius segue, by the way, JP. <laughs> Uh, I mean, well, you just put me on the spot, and I, I did watch the last episode of Neighbours on Friday. And Friday end of an era, end of an era, mate. Extremely emotional, and uh, I was actually texting. Uh, well, I met your brother on Sunday, Jamie. Aye, I was aye. texting Brendan's brother, Jamie Smith. Oh yeah, yeah. He's a massive Neighbours fan, like an obsessive. Do you know he actually bought? This is mad. Brendan told me this. He bought one of those. Um, remember those? The very early pocket televisions you could get that were kind of like the same size as a Game Boy. This does not surprise me. He it bought one of them so that he could watch Neighbours in his car while he was driving home because he'd be in like slow moving traffic and he had Neighbours on on his, on his pocket television. He, so you're telling me that Jamie Smith was before his time, wasn't he? Because I do that now. I, I'm stuck on a, an interview on YouTube and uh, when I'm stuck well, in traffic on a bypass. I, well, he, he, he was. Um, so I was texting him about Neighbours. But anyway, I uh, back to Peter Lowell. Um, <laughs> you know what? I I I I, I, I can't get angry about it. I, I'm not saying that I'm necessarily doing back uh, backflips about it, but I I'm 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 I'm, I'm impartial to it. Not, not, that's not the word. Nonplussed is is the word. Um, I, you know, if he's been in around the scenario or been in around the the background as people. Um, often think in the last year, you know, that people are like, oh, Peter Law was never going away. Mm-hmm. Well, if Peter Law has been involved in any way in the last year, are we not happy about that because we're successful and we've won the league and we've been, you know, Postacog was happy in his job and, you know, if Peter Lowell had a hand in Postacoglu coming here, are we unhappy about that? You can't be happy about Postacoglu being here and unhappy about Peter Law potentially coming back I don't know it, it, it's, it's it's a strange one where you've got that scenario where everybody's happy and content with the team and the manager and yet believe that Peter Lowell has had, has had an influence and has never gone away and then when you hear he's coming back in a different capacity everybody get oh not everybody but people can get up in arms about it um, I don't know what's your take on it well I- I get what you're saying. There's some somewhere in the recesses of my mind a concern that he's going to come in and you know he's going to ruin this relationship that we've got with Ange because we've seen it before. And I don't mm. think it was one-sided with Brendan Rodgers. To be fair, I think history tells us that it was the clash of the titanic egos, and uh, there's only going to be one winner. And you hope that you know, and that, as I say, it's buried somewhere in the back of my mind that 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 is a possibility, and that's the fear. Um, but again, when it comes to the chairman how much involvement should that individual have in footballing matters and by footballing matters I mean signing players, that's the big worry um, leave Ange 
at it because he's doing a good job uh, the way that he's he's going about his business and then it becomes less of an issue um, and at the same time I wanted Ruddy Bank here I wanted Ruddy Ian Bank here as a chairman I think he was an empty blazer and yeah some of the, the things he was coming out with were regards let's talk about Europe because it's on the tagline now uh, whereby he says we can't compete in Europe I thought it was a disgraceful comment uh, from any Celtic chairman you go back to um, Robert Kelly uh, who was a chairman when we won the European Cup and what he seen from the 60s right through to the 70s um, and, and the progress of the club in Europe as a European force and you compare that to this withering excuse um, of a, a comment in relation to the fact that we just can't compete in Europe. Well, sorry, you're in the wrong job, mate. If you think that you're in the wrong position, move aside, bring someone in who's stronger, who's got more ambition. Is Peter Lowell that man? Who knows? But uh, I'm sure that this will all pan out over the next weeks and months. The one comment that Bankier made that has stuck in my mind, uh, there's probably many that people would pick up on, people that have studied it more um, forensically than me, but that comment when that guy made the, uh, one of the um, fan things, or it was an, a- an AGM, when he said, oh, I've got X amount of season tickets, or I, and we've renewed, and he said, oh, that, that's what we like to hear. That that really didn't sit well with me, especially you know. In the, just in the, just give your money. Basically, was yeah. his response. You just like as long as you're giving me your money, I'm not interested in you. Yeah. And uh, because you're right, I it was it was a disgraceful comment. And there's been others as well. You know, the one about Scott Brown. Maybe we should we should bring him back. Mm. What it was incredible. No. So mm. far removed. So out of touch. Change is required. Who knows, every change is going to be a risk. Uh, mm. This is random, but maybe it's part of the comments. I'm going to bring it up anyway because I agree, yeah. OK Computer is fantastic, Lobo. Thank you very much for that. Um, all three albums. By the way, I've not explored anything after album number three. What? Pre- I-, I haven't. Come on. I have not. Live in the now, man. Live in the now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all, everything made away they've done is brilliant. King of Limbs, uh, maybe, maybe not so much, but uh, everything else is unreal I think in my in my humble opinion I actually saw uh, have you heard the band called October Drift no uh, good is band. this another, another recommendation yeah, right. uh, and uh, uh, Kieran from October Drift put up a video of him covering uh, No Surprises I think and he just right. said Radiohead best band of all time or best band in the world or something like that and on certain days of the week I would agree with him on that um, oh, days also, of the week, yeah. also, music-wise, another recommendation. After the game on Sunday, I uh, went out for dinner with my pals to Coyas, tremendous, and on Duke Street. Mm-hmm. Um, it's been there since like nineteen, I think it's like nineteen thirty-six or something like that. It's like a proper old incredible Glasgow establishment. It's brilliant. Mon- they must yeah. be related to Paul Coyer. Remember the TV presenter? TV presenter. Aye, yeah. I, must be. I, I, surely, aye. But I went there and then uh, went to Brazen Head and uh, had a few shandies at the Brazen Head. And, oh, I met another fan of a Celtic state of mind in there. So hello to Martin, uh, who accosted me um, outside the toilets rather than inside the toilets. But he, he was respectful enough to uh, <laughs> allow me that... Uh, few minutes um, and uh, then we went to see a band at King Tut's wasn't working it rare that I go to King Tut's when I'm not working but I went to see Brogale um, and 
very good they are too. So I would recommend they're from Falkirk. All right. Uh, and uh, very kind of Pogues influenced. There's a lot going on, uh, a lot going on on stage. Um, only played a handful of gigs, I think. I saw them supporting Danko, who are also a good band from Falkirk, um, at Tuts last year and uh, kind of had the feeling that they would come back and headline and they came back headline on Sunday night and very nearly sold it out. It sold, like, I think it was like 230 tickets or something like that, so not bad going for a, a fairly new band. And the, the sales jumped from Friday to Sunday by like 100 or something like that. So, um, yeah, really, really good band. I'm going to get them in for a session. Get some Falkirk talent. I think they'd be up for it, given uh, the fact that um, at the end of the set, the singer shouted into the mic, the game is over, the Rebels have won. They're definitely coming in for a session. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Lanky67, yeah, didn't get time to get round to this one, but I read that story when I got up this morning. Tommy Rogic. broke the news? Colin Colin, uh, Romano broke the news last night. That's how I found out. About this, was it? Was yeah. it Colin Romano? Dearie yeah. me, what a man! What yeah. a man! If he's not writing for four four two and being on Axom, he's breaking transfer stories. Strange and strange move because I never ever thought he performed at his best under Neil Lennon. But there you go. Maybe it's a lifestyle choice. I don't know. Um, I surely, I mean, Cyprus. Cyprus wouldn't be a bad place to live. And as I was saying to Colin last night when we were uh, talking about it, um, I said. You know, he's made his money. Maybe he just wants to live somewhere nice. And I mean, Cyprus is definitely a nice place to live. I mean, I've not been, but I, I, from what I've heard and what I've, what I've seen, it's you know, it's a, it's a pretty in terms of the climate and everything else. Maybe the football level isn't going to be, you know, top notch. But uh, as I said to Colin as well, because Colin said, "Oh, what his international career would would that affect?" You know him playing for the national team and then I just thought well Aaron Moy's been getting called up to Australia and he's been playing in China so mm. um, I, I wouldn't have thought I mean Tom Rogic should go over there and boss that league I would have thought <laughs> which again might be a reason why he'd want to go you know when it's a, a place where he can go and kind of show off a bit I don't know I, I know I just look at him at 29 JP and I just think you know he could have another he could have another four years at a very high level playing Champions League football for example but um, if that's what he chooses to do and, uh, there wasn't exactly a huge queue for him last last remember he was being linked with Qatar and Jakarta and all these mm-hmm. kind of you know there, there was never any you know premiership uh, sort of links or anything like that so I don't know uh, maybe maybe that's maybe maybe he's been deemed not good enough to, to play at that level I don't know I know it's an interesting one, and he'll be he'll be meeting uh, Adam Matthews as well, ex Celtic player who has signed for uh, Ammonia Nicosia with um, Neil Lennon. Uh, before we wrap up, you gave me a teaser an hour ago before we actually came on live about a game that actually happened on this day several years ago. JP, share it with the rest of the the commenters to see if anybody can get it because I'm racking my brains and I just cannot think. The, of the answer to this question so I, do, I do love an on this day um, I don't know maybe it keeps your memory ticking over and uh, it, if you're constantly sort of referring back then it allows your uh, mind not to get clouded but um, the first one 
the closest one to today was fourth uh, of August two thousand and one. Kilmarnock nil, Celtic one. John Hartson's debut at Rugby Park, uh, and Larson scored the winner. Um, and in that game, so that was on this day. But we played a team in a friendly on the fourth of August nineteen ninety eight. Uh, it was one each. Jackie McNamara scored, and it was against English opposition. And I. Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet, but if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know it's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com slash internet for details. This week on the Marketer's Report, Patrizio Spagnoletto, Global Chief Marketing Officer, direct-to-consumer for Warner Brothers Discovery, weighs in on building trust. Trust is a really hard thing to build and a really easy thing to destroy, and we have to be very respectful about that. Our partnership with iHeart has really helped us build that trust and that relationship with the on-air talent. As the number one audio company, iHeart Media gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the data you need to grow. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. A testimonial. a testimonial for a, a player who played for Rangers. Correct. Right. Now I'm not going I'm not going to check the Celtic Wiki. The Celtic Wiki is my go to. Obviously, you know, back in the day doing a lot of writing, you always double check your information on the Celtic Wiki. It is an absolute Bible. But I'm not gonna do that. Because I'm thinking to myself, you need to get the old grey matter, you know, working from time to time, JP. I'll tell, I'll tell you the team I'll tell you the team. Stuart Kerrin goals, Malky Mackay and Alan Stubbs. Tom Boyd, Jackie McNamara, Craig Burley, David Hanna, Darren Jackson, Tosh McKinley, Henrik Larson, and your friend and mine, Simon Donnelly. We said. Correct. Mark Pearson, Bolton. Now I need I, to figure out who the Rangers player is. Now I need to figure out who the Rangers... Who, who is it? Well, I tell you. It's Jimmy oh. Phillips. Jimmy Phillips. Right, and we we done a we went for a testimonial. Now, bear in mind, I I think at that time I was probably blissfully unaware that uh, this guy played for Rangers. I had no memory of him playing for Rangers. I didn't at any point think I'm not going to this game. Neither did the four thousand four hundred ninety nine other people. Right, so was I. I was there with my dad. My dad took me, and and weirdly, I think that. That was my first proper taste of Celtic away mm-hmm. out of the country, as in I'd never seen Celtic away in another country at that point. And uh, my dad took me to my first game in 88, and then 10 years later, I was there, oofed. Um, uh, and then 10 years later, my dad, my dad, well, my dad was from Bradford, so I think what we did at that time was we probably went to see my aunt in Bradford and, and then doubled up with going to the the Bolton game. So it's the only time I've ever been to the Reebok Stadium. Jackie McNamara scored a uh, equaliser with about three or four minutes to go. I, I, I can only vaguely remember it from my memory that it was a, a good, I don't know, 20 yards out or something like that. Um, it was a really good goal. And yeah, just the atmosphere of being in, in, in amongst the Celtic support. Like I said, there was 4,500 Celtic fans there for a testimonial 
uh, and the atmosphere was amazing because we were the champions for the first time in 10 years so mm-hmm. you just had that kind of I don't know exuberance of being the champions and being in England and you know being on the road and I think that definitely I have to thank my dad for that because I think I definitely whetted my appetite for future years and I've always enjoyed being away with Celtic ever since that that night You've got the bug. You definitely got the bug. Um, that I'm, I'm keeping this Kevin Graham comment up because Kevin is one of these guys who um, is absolutely delighted that back then smartphones weren't really that prevalent because I think Kevin's um, football and exploits are slightly different from what they are now. He's, <laughs> very, he's a very sensible podcasting poet these days, but back in the day, I think he was a wee bit wilder, JP. So, yeah. Oft, I'm sure. Kevin Graham. Uh, Kevin is going to be performing live at one of our events a week on Friday. It's in Dunfermline at PJ Malloy's and it's going to be the single launch of a band called Twinstown. If you have not checked them out, have a look on our YouTube. Um, we have just recorded their official music video, JP. So we're moving in completely different directions and uh, we're now recording music videos. So check it out. We're going to premiere that very soon and Kevin will be opening up the evening. The headliners are a band from Nottingham called The Chase, who are big Celtic fans, and they definitely are. It's not one of these things where they're just trying to, um, you know, gravitate towards Celtic. They're massive Celtic fans. They were up here. Um, their dad, dad's family's Scottish, I believe. There's a massive uh, CSE down in Nottingham. And when I was interviewing the lead singer, he's sitting there with his Celtic tracksuit on. Um, and he dedicated one of the songs that he played to Ange Postacoglu. So yeah, come along to PJ Malloy's. It's a tenor. Uh, there's also the usual fairs playing from Edinburgh. Great night to be had by all. So thanks everybody for your support. If you want to buy that top behind me or a green one, which I think you've got, JP, or a yellow one, then get onto axom.net. We don't charge for content, but if you want to buy some merch, that certainly helps us out a wee bit as well. Um, JP, it's been absolutely tremendous as always. Uh, we we'll only covered three or four subjects, but such, <laughs> such is the way when you and I. I mean, it start... was a majority of it was Celtic to be it fair. Was. I, don't, I don't think anybody, what, a couple of minutes on music? I mean, geez, oh. You've it's... got to give us that. You've got to give us that. Yeah, I mean, where else do you get recommendations like. Uh, JP's recommendations on a weekly basis but uh, thanks everybody for getting involved if there's anything else that we haven't covered then get in touch on the socials or via email it's always a pleasure and thank you JP Mason for joining me on a Celtic State of Mind Thanks Paul phone companies say they offer home internet but if their internet comes from a cell phone network you should know it's just phone internet not home internet keep your home up to speed with cox cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5g home internet cox is the real home internet you're looking for 
based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas. Visit cox.com slash internet for details. It's the Marketer's Report. This week, Patrizia Spagnoletto, Global Chief Marketing Officer, Direct Consumer for Warner Brothers Discovery, weighs in on the difficult task of building and retaining consumer trust. Trust is a really hard thing to build and a really easy thing to destroy. And we have to be very respectful about that. Our partnership with iHeart has really helped us build that trust and that relationship with the on-air talent. The best thing for us to do is to build a relationship with our consumers. And if those consumers have a relationship with the DJs that are on air, then we want to build on that. House of the Dragon, which was one of our most successful, if not the most successful campaign we've ever done for a show, audio was a core part of that. As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow. Not just a media company, iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. Sports Social Podcast Network. 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 Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family cannolis and spins mean everything now you want to get mixed up in the family business introducing the godfather at chumpacasino.com test your luck in the shadowy world of the godfather slot someday i will call upon you to do a service for me play the godfather now at chumpacasino.com welcome to the family no purchase necessary vgw group void where prohibited by law 18 plus terms and conditions apply